0: Have you ever wondered what happens during a Formula One race weekend? We all know it ends with the race on Sunday, but are you familiar with how the three practice and three qualifying sessions work? Today, we'll discuss how it all works together to make up the Grand Prix weekend. Let's get started. Welcome to the F1 for Gives podcast. I'm your host, Kassar Solvay, and with me today is fellow go-kart racer and F1 enthusiast, Brooke. Hello, fellow F1 fans. Today, Brooke and I are going to talk race weekend. The full Grand Prix meal deal. That's right. And if you're new to F1 or not quite familiar with how race weekends work, this is the episode for you. So, Brooke, what does a race weekend consist of? A race weekend consists of three main events, practice, qualifying, and the race. That being said, some weekends are classified as sprint weekends, but for now, we'll stick with the standard race weekend format. Let's start with the Practice sessions. <laughs> sessions. sessions. Let's start with the Practice Sessions. Practice Sessions are all about getting familiar with the track, testing the car's setup and upgrade packages, and collecting important data. Each car is equipped with sensors that collect information about various data points, such as speed, acceleration, balance, braking, and tire temperature. The teams then analyze this data to make adjustments to the car's setup and develop strategies for the race. There are three practice sessions, each lasting one hour, with two held on Friday and one early on Saturday. During practice session one on Friday, or FP1 as it's called, drivers are focused on learning the track's characteristics and finding the racing line. The racing line is the optimal path around the race course. It's the route drivers follow to take corners in the fastest possible way. They're trying to understand how the car behaves in different corners and how it responds to changes made by the engineers. FP1 is also an opportunity to test and get feedback on upgrade packages that teams receive throughout the season to stay competitive. During the second practice session, or FP2, teams and drivers continue their work from the first session. They make further adjustments to the car's setup based on the data gathered earlier. They also test different tire compounds and simulate race conditions to fine tune their strategies. Before moving on to FP3, or the last practice session, session three, it's important to note the critical role reserved drivers have during this part of the weekend. Team's reserve drivers often spend most of the night between practice sessions two and three in their team's race car simulator, trying to determine the car's optimal configuration for the race, using all the data they've received from the car's sensors during FP1 and FP2. The last practice session, or FP3, takes place on Saturday and a few hours before qualifying. It's a last chance for the teams and drivers to tweak their setups and make any necessary changes before the important qualifying session. They wanna make sure they have the best possible car setup to achieve maximum speed and performance. The drivers are in full race mode during the final practice session. They push their cars to the limit, simulating qualifying and race conditions to get a feel for the track at its fastest. They analyze their own performance assess their rival's pace, and make mental notes on what track locations offer the best opportunities for overtaking and defending. One thing worth noting is if drivers damage their car during any of the practice sessions and their team can't repair it in time before qualifying begins, they'll have to start the actual race from the pit lane. Now that we've covered practice, let's move on to qualifying. The qualifying session is where drivers compete for their starting positions at the beginning of the race. It takes place several hours after the last practice session on Saturday. Qualifying is split into three back-to-back segments called Q1, Q2, and Q3. During the first qualifying segment called Q1, all 20 drivers have 18 minutes to post their fastest lap time the slowest five drivers are cut from moving on, and their final Q1 positions become their starting positions on race day. For example, if in Q1, Logan Sargent got the second slowest time, which is the same as the 19th fastest time, he'd end up sitting out the two next rounds and start in the 19th position on race day. Lap times are then reset and after a 7-minute break, the remaining 15 drivers move on to Q2, where they now have 15 minutes to post new fastest lap times. Similar to Q1, the slowest 5 drivers in Q2 also get knocked out and their final Q2 positions become their starting positions on race day. After a final 8-minute break, they move on to Q3. Q3, which lasts only 12 minutes, is the last qualifying round. And each of the remaining 10 drivers' positions at the end of this final round will determine their starting positions on the grid on race day. So it's no surprise that this is when qualifying is the most intense and exciting. Pull position, which is the coveted spot at the front of the grid on race day, is at stake in this round. So the remaining 10 drivers give it their absolute all. Okay, so we talked about how practice sessions contribute to the team's strategies and how qualifying determines their spot on the grid for race day. Let's move on to the main event, the race. And now the moment we've all been waiting for. The culmination of all the preparation and testing done on Friday and Saturday has led up to this, the race. After final preparations have been made, track conditions assessed for the last time and strategies review with their teams, drivers jump to their cars, leave their pit garages, and take to the track for a formation lap. The formation lap helps drivers warm up their tires and get familiar with the track conditions. During this lap, The cars follow at a set speed controlled by the race director. After completing the formation lap, the cars return to the starting grid and line up in the respective positions based on their qualifying results on Saturday. Once the cars are in position, the teams and drivers perform various pre start procedures, such as adjusting settings on the car, checking systems, and communicating with their engineers. The starting lights, consists of a series of five red lights positioned horizontally above the track. These lights illuminate one at a time at one-second intervals. Once all five red lights are on, they all turn off after a preset delay of between 0.2 and 3 seconds. This is the moment the race begins. If you pay close attention, and you're lucky, you'll catch this iconic line from F1 commentator David Croft. It's Lights Out! And away we go. go! During the race, pay special attention to when drivers make pit stops, as this often leads to changes in race positions. The pit strategy for each team plays a huge role in determining the race outcome. And if the weather turns for the worse and it begins to rain, hold on to your seat. It's gonna be a wild one. (laughs) Every race is different, and that's what makes each one so exciting in its own right. So sit back and enjoy the best drivers in the world go head to head. And if you're lucky, it might be a thrilling race with lots of overtakes, maybe a crash and a close finish at the checkered flag. Well, that about does it for this episode. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to Brock for joining us this week. It was my pleasure. Thanks again for having me on your podcast, Kessler. Anytime. I'm sure we'll have you back in a future episode. Sweet. Looking forward to it. And we hope you're able to learn a lot more about F1 Race Weekends today. If there's something else you'd like us to go over and address on the podcast, send us your questions at questions at f1forkids.com. See you next time.